This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Jenks, I listen to NBA radio on um, Sirius XM quite a bit because I'm in the car a lot. Okay. Uh, and one of the discussions that has been dominating the airwaves has been the talk of MVP. And something I heard the other day, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And it was George okay. Carl, who definitely has um the expertise and the background to speak on this matter but what sure. he said about joel and bead kind of grinded my gears a bit he was oh, talking okay. about the mvp decision a little bit and he was saying the reason why he doesn't like joel and bead is big because he has bad body language and he takes possessions off do you think body language should have a play in the nba mvp discussion that seemed like kind of an odd take. Mm. Like, I think it's kind of odd to say that, you know, he has bad body language. And, like, listen, the dude's, like, seven foot whatever. Like, he's a big guy. So, like, he's not going to be sprinting down the court every single possession. Do you think this is a fair criticism? I only think it's a fair criticism if it affects how you play with your teammates and what sort of – teammate you are on the court now you can have a certain body language because you get disappointed with something you're disappointed in yourself you're disappointed with the way your team is playing but you don't quit and then you could also have that sort of body language that affects everyone else where you're being negative around everyone and they don't respond to you so that's such a that's such a very generic term like body what what sort of body like I, I guess if you're moping and pouting all the time that can rub off on your teammates in the wrong way but that's such a I feel like that's very nuanced it depends on the circumstance look the Sixers are playing great basketball right now so I don't see anyone I've never heard anyone say that Joel Embiid is a bad teammate or he carries himself in a way that is detrimental to everyone else now there are times I will say to George Call's credit, this is not specific to Joel Embiid. Just in general, where if you're a quarterback, for example, you're sort of the designated leader and you're constantly pouting, constantly moping, and things aren't going well, that does rub off on everyone. But at least with Joel Embiid, he's never struck me as that sort of player. Well, and also, he feels like it feels like to me that he's playing with a lot of passion. Like this is mm -hmm. somebody that has said on the record that he wants to win MVP. So I think maybe you could say this in past years, but not this yeah. year because, you know, the taking possessions off thing, like I said, he's a big guy. Like he's not going to be sprinting up and down the court, but you could say that about right. a lot of NBA players. Like Luka Doncic is a guy that I think you could probably categorize, categorize as having like not the best body language. He just kind of looks slow at times, but it doesn't matter. Like he's a great player. So it doesn't matter what you see and you see that he moves kind of slow at times. Because he's still one of the most 
dynamic players in the league. So like, yeah, yeah, I think it's kind of jarring to see it at times, especially when you're used to watching college basketball this week. Um, but I don't think it's a fair point because this is a Sixers team that up until last night had won eight straight games. So I don't think you should necessarily be calling Joel Embiid like lazy. Like it doesn't seem like a narrative that fits now, at least. Well, I do think there is a difference between being, I mean, well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I it's hard for me to get behind saying, hey, I don't like this, the way this guy carries himself. And also, he might just be the best player in the NBA, or at least a top five player. Do you know what I mean? It, those two yeah, because don't really I'll make say sense to me. he did say that. He did say that. So like, this is not the full quote. So people at home saying, "Wow, okay. what an insult!" He did give him a ton of compliments too. It's just when you say all those compliments and then follow it up by saying he has bad body language and he takes possessions off, like that seems like an insult. It does, but also look, that does. I mean. As I always say, and I know I say it until I'm blue in the face, but both things can be true. No player is perfect, right? So you can be a guy who dominates, but then you take a few plays off. You, you see this critique in football all the time, right? Like he's a dominant force. When he asserts himself, he's the best player on the field. There's times when he, take, he takes plays off. I don't know if that's a valid criticism. I haven't watched enough of Joel Embiid's game to know if he does that. I know he's a hell of a basketball player, but I do think there can still be some truth in that because no player, no matter how good you are, is impervious to any sort of criticism. And there's no player, rarely you have a player who like has no weaknesses in his game. So yeah, if you want to say, look, he's an MVP candidate. There are times when he takes plays off. I don't really like that. I think that might be a valid criticism. But again, I'm no expert on the body language of Joel Embiid. Right. I think it's because the the margin of difference between some of these MVP candidates is so razor thin that you do have mm -hmm. to nitpick and you'd have to find something because Nikola Jokic yeah. is averaging a triple double and that has to count for something. But Joel Embiid is averaging like 36 points a game this month. So I think it's just one of those discussions that, you know, you could make a case for both of them. But right now over at the books, Joel Embiid is the favorite to win MVP a huge change from most of the season. Embiid now minus 210 over at BetMGM, followed by Nikola Jokic at plus 275. Giannis is plus 450, and uh, really it's a three-man race. Nobody else is even close. Jenks, do you think this is a race that is still bettable? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Absolutely. It changes so very rapidly. I mean, it was only, what, a week and a half ago or two weeks ago that Nikola Jokic was a huge minus money favorite, and then the Nuggets started losing, the Sixers started winning, and all of a sudden that flipped. So now the Sixers have their eight-game winning streak snapped last night. I still think Embiid is the guy, but I honestly, like, I would not mind putting a little money on Nikola Jokic at this point. I wouldn't put a ton on it. But again, we for example, yesterday, Joel Embiid was minus 225. Now, all of a sudden, in some spots, it's minus 190. That's just in one day. 
Like, so these mm-hmm. odds shift rapidly based on individual performance and based on team performance. So if I'm going to bet it at this point, like it would not sh- surprise me at all if Joe Will Embiid is your NBA MVP. But if I'm going to bet it, I'm not laying that kind of minus money. I think you're exactly right. I think you only bet whoever is at plus money at that given point because they flip so often. So it's yeah. kind of like the stock market. You don't want to buy at the tip top point, you want to buy where the stock is still a little bit lower. So I think when betting on the MVP, like we only have a couple weeks left of the season, so you don't have that much time. But still, if anybody can overcome this, it's Nikola Jokic because a large part of this was the fact that the Nuggets were losing games. So eventually, this is a good Nuggets team. Jamal Murray, uh, when he's healthy, you know, when he plays, when this is a healthy Nuggets team, they're going to win games. They're going to have some home games where they've been absolutely, like almost unbeatable. So at some point we'll see the Nuggets, you know, go back to their winning ways. So maybe we will see a resurgence from Nikola Jokic. And the thing about Joel Embiid, it's sometimes he loses steam. Like he has been so full steam in some of these games. I'm wondering if he's going to slow down because it almost feels like it is uh, not sustainable. The way he's been scoring and the way he's been playing. Like last night was a double overtime game. At some point it's going to wear on his body. Well, and I wonder, too, if, look, we all know Joel Embiid's injury history, right, particularly with his foot, and there have been times this season when he's been questionable. So if you're the Sixers and you just won eight straight and you played an overtime game, it would not surprise me if the Sixers say, look, we are right here in the midst of being able to compete for an NBA title. We need to hold him out a game just to let him rest up a little bit. It might actually be smart if you're Joel Embiid. I'm not one for resting NBA players just because, but if there's any player who I think deserves it and who needs it based on his history and based how well he's been playing, it's probably Joel Embiid. If he takes a night off and Nikola Jokic suddenly drops a triple-double, which he can do on any given night, maybe those odds shift again. So that's another thing that it's hard to handicap because you never know when that's going to happen, and it's, it's very plausible that that could happen. And also, isn't the bigger picture here is that the Sixers want to win an NBA title? So, like, yes. yes, the MVP is very important, but also you've got to focus on the bigger picture, which is the team picture. And we were talking about this bet yesterday, and I think it's a very interesting one because uh, you have the Celtics and the Sixers who are just about neck and neck in the Atlantic division. Last night, the Sixers lost. So maybe they're a, a half game back. Uh, from the Celtics, but still a very tight race for the winner of the Atlantic Division. Yesterday, these odds were the Celtics minus 275, despite being completely uh, tied with the Sixers. So I know, I know now that this has changed a little and it hasn't been posted back on BetMGM. At least I'm not seeing it. Do you think there's mm-hmm. any value on the Sixers to win the division here? Yeah, sure. Why not? I, I don't... I don't fault them for losing last night. Look, they should have won that game against the Bulls, but the Bulls are still fighting for a playoff spot. And also, they'd won eight straight. It is the NBA. Mm -hmm. At some point, you just can't win every single game, no matter how many points you might be favored by. So this is the team that is playing better overall basketball right now. The Celtics are still, you know, the favorites in the division and one of the favorites to win the NBA title, but they still are. They're not playing great right now. And we assume they will put it together at some point, and they probably will because they have the talent to do it. But I, again, when it comes to bets like this, it's either take the plus money or don't bet it at all because the last thing you want to do is lay this sort of minus money when it really is, when the division and the MVP race are so much closer than the odds would tell you. 
Oh, yeah. And we have new numbers for this. The Celtics now minus 360. You can get the Sixers for plus 240. And I'll say this. I did look at the schedules. The Sixers have the much more difficult schedule down the stretch, including road games at the Nuggets and a road game at the Warriors, which we know the Warriors are very good at home, just terrible on the road. So does that play a role here, or is it just you take the plus money just because of the price? All things being equal, you probably look at the the team that has the more difficult schedule. But man, the NBA is so it's so up and down. To me, mm-hmm. it's harder to say. Unlike the NFL, there's so much more variance. I feel like in the NBA that you just say, "Look, I'm I'm gonna make the plus money bet here." Even even all oh, the Celtics have a bit of an easier schedule. I'm still gonna lay what minus two hundred, minus three hundred to win the division. No. Yeah, and then uh, the other interesting note is that. The Sixers and the Celtics do have one head-to-head game left remaining, and that game is in Philadelphia. So it should be an interesting run down the stretch, but my money will be on the Sixers, so let's hope. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.